Hi and welcome back to the Psyche Podcast with me, Hannah. And we're all about helping you prioritise your mental well-being by informing, inspiring and empowering you to live a joyful, meaningful and healthy life. And we are really going to focus in on the joy today because our guest for this episode is Joy the white peacock woman. As you'll hear, she has completely made joy the foundation of her life and I guess the the lens through which she views the world. So we're really going to get deep into joy and how you can have more joy. And we recorded this episode, um, I think at the end of February. I'm recording this now, beginning of April, just prior to the episode coming out. And obviously the world has in many ways completely changed since then. So it's really interesting listening back to Joy talking about making the most out of life and not putting things off waiting for the right circumstances which (laughs) might never appear and about just making the most out of life. So I think it's a really important reminder that we can't, as Joy says, we can't take things for granted. We can't take life for granted. And when you listen to the episode, you'll understand more of uh, Joy's experiences in that way. So obviously, at the moment, it's about staying home, staying safe. But I guess one of the things I'm going to be thinking about is almost like a bucket list <laughs> of um, things that I really want to do once we are able to go back outside more freely and to make the most out of my life and obviously at the moment still the best I can make the most out of things. I'm really excited to introduce this episode and Joy mentions a, a video on her website that you can try to help you reduce stress super quickly. I'm going to check in now and tell you where I'm at on a scale of 0 to 100 for stress and then at the end of the interview I'll check back in and I will have done the activity on Joy's website so you can get some feedback from me there. At the moment I would say I'm probably about a 50 on the stress scale. I feel fairly chilled but I've got some stuff in my head about busy things at work happening this week and a lot going on so I'd say about a 50. Check back in after and see where I am on that scale after I've done Joy's activity. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. I loved recording it. I loved speaking to Joy. She is just so joyful. She is so uh, full of energy and enthusiasm and joy de vie, as she'll, she'll say. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. I'm super excited to introduce this week's guest, Joy, to the podcast. So, Joy, if you could introduce yourself to the listeners and just tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you very much, Hannah. I am best known for teaching how to clear stress in three minutes or less. And uh, I'm my I'm, my North American friends dubbed me the wish granter because people bring me their wishes for their health and their happiness. And I give them the tools and the skills to be able to clear themselves of anything that's preventing them from having those wishes and uh, to bring their wishes more quickly to them. I have the best job on the planet. But it was a long road to get here. Amazing. So first of all, straight away, clearing stress in three minutes or less sounds amazing and too good to be true and all of that. So I would love to hear more about about that. No problem. I actually became a world expert on clearing stress in three minutes or less after I was hit by a drunk driver when I was 24. Um, The biggest challenge that I had was that any time I went into stress, the soft tissue would swell at the base of my neck, blood would stop going to my brain, and I would have about three minutes before I blacked out. Now, I was blacking out multiple times a day because uh, it was a very stressful time, Yeah, and uh, each, each blackout was causing an oxidative stress all in my forebrain, 
that meant um, I'm, after a couple of years, I no longer had access to uh, my frontal lobes. So that's why the doctors said I'd be dead or brain dead by the time I was 30. And that's why I became an expert on clearing stress in three minutes or less. After they gave up on me, I started studying holistic medicine. I'm certified in more than a dozen different healing modalities. And as I journeyed through each modality, I uncovered these incredible tools and skills that I would have given my IT for as an executive, like how to keep a clear head no matter what's going on, how to clear stress in minutes, how to dissolve emotional trauma painlessly, how to read faces and do all these fantastic things that nobody, unless they had enormous amounts of money and at least a decade, could ever find because they're all squirreled away in these esoteric places. Uh, But I was in that position. And uh, so to make everything that happened to me make sense, I took all the best bits from everything that I learned. And that's what I travel the world teaching. Amazing. And and you said there about the um, when you had periods of stress, about how how dangerous it was and you've died multiple times yes well I never knew if I'd wake up from any of the blackouts and that was that was a big challenge but the first time I died I was 15 years old I flew off a cliff on a motorbike wearing a full face helmet and a bikini they never found the bikini top and the full face was shattered and uh, I died on the operating table for two and a half minutes and doctors wanted to amputate my leg they said I'd never walk again I told the doctor I'd not only walk, I'd dance on his grave, and that's how I became a silver medal winning ballroom dancer. So, but it was that it was that injury. See, my, I smashed up my leg so badly that nobody noticed thirteen displaced vertebrae, and that was what caused the problems later on. It took me seven years to learn to walk again, and then I rocked the corporate world for a couple of years, and then at twenty four I was hit by the drunk driver, and that reactivated all of the spinal injuries that caused the. Um, cause the brain injuries well additional brain injuries <laughs> basically what I had to learn to do was reprogram the neurological pathways of my brain to bypass the injuries because as I said I, after a couple of years of intermittent oxygen deprivation I could no longer use my frontal lobes which means I, I could no longer think forward or remember back so uh, I had to learn how to think up and look down so perspective is my superpower and uh yeah so i can't do a lot of things that most humans can do i can do certain things that most humans can't even imagine so for example at 30 instead of being a vegetable i had co-created australia's first end user computing support organization i was advising state federal government i was the first individual ever to be nominated for an itnt excellence award Uh, for industry development because it was easier for me to look at that industry and see what was needed and create a solution uh, for that than it was for me to figure out my computer. What I love hearing you you talk about that is how you've taken an experience that that I'm sure a lot of people listening to this just feel so daunted by of uh, how much, I don't even know the word, courage and how much effort to overcome and you've turned it into this this positive and like you said perspective superpower. you've you've kind of gone on to amazing things from it and I just think that thank you thank you yeah it was it was not an easy thing obviously <laughs> I've died six times in this life and each time I've been returned with different um, uncommon abilities and astonishing perspectives I um I keep getting up because 
I don't I, I, I it gets smelly after a while sitting and, and feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> so I figure, well, if I'm not I'm still not dead. Oh my god, I might as well make the best of it, you know. But I tell you what really did it for me was I never knew if I would wake up from any of those blackouts, Hannah. And so I got to walk with Gareth for 18 months and we became really good mates. And he taught me how to live. And he made me re-examine all of my priorities and the, taught me about the difference between urgent and important. And when you wake up in the morning and you don't know if you're going to see the end of the day, well, I got to think about, okay, what do I take to God if I die today? And, hey, God, I made all this money and I break through the glass ceiling and all of these industries and it's, and somehow everything that I had considered so impressive just didn't look so crash hot as the sum total of uh, what I'd take to God. So I, I sat down and I thought about, okay, well, what do I want to be able to say? And I settled on, I made every life that I put more joyful and all life better for my being. And that's what I founded my life on. So that's why I do I mean, I bring a lot of hope and help to the world, not because of the letters I have I've acquired or anything like that, but because people look at me and go, oh, my God, if she can do it, I've got a chance. And they're right. They do. I teach how to experience joy regardless of circumstance, and uh, I'm the living embodiment of how that works. Mm. I think that death and it's something that we we don't like to talk about and and the way you phrase that of kind of walking with death for 18 months and, and becoming friends I think having conversations around death or thinking about it is something that there is a lot of fear of and I just talking to you already I just get this sense of you being fearless I, I feel nothing would phase you at all oh no darling that's true I actually believe and uh and that fear is the gift that we give ourselves so that we can experience courage. Because without fear, or without uh, without fear, courage would be completely redundant. Where would be our heroes and heroes' journeys? You know, where would where would be the adventures if there was nothing to overcome, no challenges to to rock? You know, how long would you watch a movie where there was no suspenseful situations? But I I think that uh, fear has a uh, um, death has a bad rap. No, I. Having died multiple times, I can tell you it's amazing. I, I was I was really not a happy joy um, after being sent back. I'm living proof that you only get to die when you're supposed to, Hannah. And I'm also living proof that death is a glorious adventure. I uh, huh, I had the whole near death experience before it was fashionable, you know, <laughs> with the, the light and all of that kind of thing. And I, I can tell you, I can tell you that that light is pure unconditional love and I wanted with every fiber of my being to go into that and to to be sent back to a body that didn't work anymore and told I wouldn't walk again at 15 I spent the next year trying to get back let me back in no you got work to do so uh, I've I've come to come to accept that and uh, yeah I'm fine when I go because I I, I know um, like the last time I died I had the whole review thing which I hadn't had in any of the other experiences and I was very 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 glad that I lived the life of integrity that I've lived <laughs> yeah that's all I'll say about that 
So I think I think I think that everybody should have uh, a near death experience, you know, an awareness of their mortality to make them go, okay. So what? And in, and in fact, that's one of the things that I do in my creating your ultimate self uh, courses is create that experience so that people are able to look. How am I living my life? What you know? What am I going to say at the end of it? What do I want to leave? You know, how have I spent the last month? You know, is, what did I not do that I wanted to do? Because I think sometimes we we have all these ideas of things we want to do, but in some way the time's not right. We don't have the money. We will do it when such and such thing happens. Exactly. People assume they've got time. There's no guarantees about how long you're going to be here. People are saying, oh, he died so young too soon. Had, no, he just had a shorter contract, you know, and bum up that you didn't get to do what you wanted to do, but, like, freaking do it next time, eh? <laughs> don't, don't muck about. There are no guarantees. Mm. And uh, when we initially connected, there was a quote you referenced, I think possibly on your, on your website, which is a quote I have written down on a piece of paper on my desk at work, which is a Helen Keller quote mm, life is a daring adventure or nothing yes from helen keller what an epic shero she is eh i mean if she blind and deaf can think about that way then what excuse have we got yeah now that was a shero wow that was courage i can't imagine her journey Whew. yeah how are you living your life are you able to look at your life and go yeah, all right, all right. I'd I'd be pleased to take that to to God. Um, I think mostly. Wow. I think I had I spent a long time. Um, and it's something I've talked about before in the podcast. Kind of thinking I was okay, and just kind of having these ideas of things that I wanted to do and that I wanted to achieve, but I was just, I guess, too afraid to go out after them because I was worried about the big one, what other people think, and that was. Such a thing, such a people pleaser that um, there were there were so many things I, I guess held myself back from, and I feel like now I'm actually kind of just giving life a go, trying to be a bit experimental, you know, see what happens. And so I feel like I am starting to move more into the daring adventure. But I think there's still a lot of things that I I would love to do that I maybe don't so much. But I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty happy with you know, <laughs> where I'm going. But I'm- Good on you, mate. Good on you. Because it's hard. I mean, we, we think we have to do all these things before we do anything else, you know. Uh, and as far as what other people think, oh, man, that's a tricky one. It, it took death for me to realise that um, as long as I was obsessed with what other people think, then my happiness is reliant on even the least important people in my life. And I just... Um, I wasn't willing to uh, to cut myself short anymore, you know. I mean, I was raised to be very concerned about what the neighbours thought, for example. We never even knew our neighbours. They lived on the other side of the fence. I, don't, I think we once said hello. You know, they didn't care one way or another what we did. But, uh, but it was an, an enormous societal restriction place. And so now I just go ahead and do it and that's why I'm I think one of the reasons I'm so inspiring and shocking to a lot of people people either love me or they hate me because I am un um just completely shameless and in, in, in living the the life that is perfectly right for me and and joyful so yeah I push a lot of buttons for people 
<laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it can be quite um, shocking to people if they are very much hyper aware of what other people think and almost like buttoned up because they're presenting this this perfect in their what they think is perfect and not being true to themselves and if they see someone who is just being unapologetically themselves it could just I guess maybe it just really throws a mirror up to them that they are not doing that and irritates the demons exactly but here's the thing on the flip side of that especially with this new generation they long for authenticity their deep need is for, for people and experiences that are real and vulnerable. You know, I can't tell you, I'm in the United States, and I can't tell you how often people come up to me and go, oh, my God, you're so authentic. And all I can think of is your poor bugger. Who the hell are you hanging out with? This is such an issue, you know. It's, and, and a lot of it, I think, too, is um, being concerned about what people think and also wanting everybody to like you. But I'm going to tell you the secret of what completely cured me of wanting everybody to like me. And then I thought about who would I be if everybody liked me? Who would I be if the Westboro Baptists thought I was the best thing since sliced bread? Oh, hell no, I want them picketing my funeral. And I'm not even gay. You know, I. who would you be if the Ku Klux Klan was your biggest fan? Who would you be? So I've come to understand that my job is just to shine my unique light so that the people that are supposed to be drawn to me are. And everybody else gives me a life, you know. <laughs> you, can't have every, you can't have everybody when you wouldn't want to. So, but if you're if you're buttoned up behind a persona that's, you know, oh, yes, now I already have this perfect life, then the people that are supposed to find you, how can they find you if you're not being you? I think that's a really powerful example you gave of two groups that we can think of and that you already you kind of know, like, I don't, I don't want to be liked by them because they're so different to, to my personal views. But something I've thought about before when I've been trying to deal with my people pleasing is this kind of fear of not being liked. But if I'm showing up somewhere and being social, but I'm not actually being myself because I'm so conscious of how other people react to me that I'm not being myself, then even if they like me, they don't actually know me. So it's just kind of not achieving what I'm trying to because they don't know me. So even if they like me, what do they like? Exactly. They're not actually liking you. They're liking the, the facade that you're, that you're presenting. And that's so sad. And so people never get to connect in delicious, juicy ways. That's, and they, they small talk and chat about the weather instead. Oh, God, I can't think of you. It's not possible for me now. Well, I mean, it is quite a British thing for us to talk about the weather. It's like a, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's like a cultural thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have that ability. I've got autistic frontal lobes. And, and so small talk actually makes me really super anxious. Um, I, I'm the kind of person, if, if I'm going to say something, I want it to be uh, transformational, preferably interesting at least, or funny, hopefully. You know, it's uh, – I don't – Maybe because of the transient nature of life, I, I want to, and because of my mission to make each life that I touch more joyful, I can't afford to waste time talking about things that aren't important. And I, and I do know that like small talk is a way for people to be able to connect. I just, it's not in my repertoire. And how do people respond if they're, maybe they're making small talk and you come in with something just much more? Oh, I'm, I'm renowned for hurting. That's why people love me or hate me. <laughs> 
but either way you know I'm really okay with it mm. I'm learning to be I'm learning to be more compassionate um I guess because I don't I don't have a filter um if it's in my head it comes out of my mouth I I I only say what is like okay so after after I uh, reprogrammed my brain I I programmed it I decided I would program it with a foundation of joy so what I did was I um in any situation regardless of what it was I looked for the most joyful thought and then I latched onto it and I held onto it like grim death <laughs> and uh and followed it until I had joy as my as my default so when I uh, approach people and also I'm a, um also I'm a, a shaman so um, I, I didn't mean to be. I was an executive. I, the, the whole reprogramming my brain took me into a different part of my brain that turned me into a channel for divine will. I never saw that coming in a million years. Um, and so when I'm in front of somebody, um, I'm normally, you know, their, their guides are going, oh, my God, quick, take advantage of the opportunity. And so invariably I'll open my mouth and go, have you any idea who's standing right next to you right now? And, and, and I will start uh, and connecting them with their guides or telling them what it is that they need in order to be able to move forward into the next stage of their life because I may not see that person again. And if I have a chance to touch that person in a powerful way, I'm going to take it. And even if I'm not channeling or, or doing anything like that, even in interactions with anybody regardless, I, I've trained myself to look for what it is I like best about that person and then share that with them. And so people don't have a problem with it. And it was actually my daughter that, that helped me to do that. Um, I don't know if you have kids, but they, they often have a, uh, uh, when they're young, um, have a tendency to say exactly what they think and that might not always be. And so we were out at the shop and, and she was going, oh, mommy, look at that person. Aren't they fat? Uh. Okay, so I developed the compliment game which is whenever we go out, our job is to look for what the for, for things that we like best about people and then tell them about it and, uh, and watch their whole demeanour change. I, I, I believe we've saved lives doing that. We've certainly made people's days. In fact, that's your joy scription if you decide to accept it. The most fun thing you can do is for every single person in your life, whether, or know that, whether you know them or not, look for what it is that you like about them and and tell them, oh, there, look, there's there's this woman coming toward me on the street right now, and she looks a bit down, but she's wearing a, a color that looks great. Oh my goodness, I love that color on you. It's so beautiful. It really it enhances your eyes. And that person, you watch them go from uh, to oh, oh, thank you very much. It changes people. So yeah, you can do it without being hard. And I think it's something that we don't tend to do by just. A, a default thing and I think even with the people closest to us I think sometimes we just don't give compliments or, t or tell them what we appreciate about them what we love about them mm -hmm. and if you do it will change your life and theirs I actually have an ebook called no worries mate which contains the de-worrying process that money back guarantees to eliminate all worry at its source and in the part about um, dealing with worry in relationships there is an exercise where if you've got somebody that's driving you crazy to look for all of the things that that person does right and focus exclusively on that for a month and just tell them. And I, I was working with a woman who had the most hideous teenage boy. He was smelly and disgusting. He would never do a thing and she couldn't think of a single thing that she liked about him. 
So I said, there must be something. Even if he just, you know, you know, he's always got his dishes in his room. Even if he just brings down a cup, say, oh, good on you. Thanks heaps for doing that. That's really great. And then don't say anything else. Don't ask for anything. Don't expect anything. Just find them. Be Sherlock Holmes and find the things that you're doing right. Tell them about it without any expectation or that you're playing and letting them know that you're playing the game. And watch them start to open and your relationship shift. It's glorious. It's a wonderful game. I highly recommend it for everybody. Mm. And it's that kind of positive feedback, which is so powerful. And I, my background is in teaching. And I always remember um, a situation when I did my teacher training with a, a seven-year-old boy who was a really nice boy, but just a little bit chatty when they were sat on the carpet. And a couple of times I told him off for talking and then he got to a point where he missed five minutes of his break time for us to have a chat about it. And and I could just see that this was kind of the way it was going to go. And so I was like, I'm, I'm going to catch him doing something good and praise him. And the first time I had the opportunity, I, I gave him the praise. And you could just see him like straighten up and like, oh, this feels nice. And he was a dream after that. He was transformed. And, and he was a good kid anyway. But it was just that praise was like. Yes, we need it. We crave it. We too often hear what's wrong with us and not enough times do we hear what's right. When you And it doesn't matter what you do. If you're trying to get your husband to take the rubbish out, you know, nagging him to do it is probably not going to cause the, the you know, it's just going to make him annoyed and not help your relationship. But if you're like, oh, baby, it's so sexy to me when you take the trash out. I just, it's very manly for some reason. I just... You watch him just leap to go and do it without being neat. Oh, thank you so much. It changes everything. And it doesn't matter who it is or what it's about. If you're an employer and you want your employees to, to be more effective and productive, tell them what they're doing right and watch them do more of that because they want that good feeling that comes when uh, people are acknowledging. People just want to be seen and acknowledged and felt like they're making a difference. When we give that to them and it's not hard, then everything changes. Mm. So it's the, the compliment game. I definitely think I'm going to have a go at it. Well, there's rules to the compliment game. It's the triple S deal. It has to be short. Don't walk. It has to be specific. Don't generalize. And it has to be sincere. Don't bullshit. You know, if you, if you tell uh, that, like, oh, my gosh, that's a lovely tie and it's so hideous that a blind man would wince, he's not stupid. He's going to know. Find something that you genuinely like and be specific about the compliment because, again, oh, you look lovely. That's nice. But it may or may not be true. I mean, it probably isn't, you know. But, wow, I love that of and this looks I think if you feel it's specific to you it just feels more more powerful doesn't it it's, it feels like someone's really thought about it even if it is just at something <laughs> sudden exactly yeah exactly amazing and yeah it makes all the difference um I see we're getting toward the the 30 minute mark what I want to do is offer your listeners a gift um on my website experiencejoy.com you can remember that experiencejoy.com I have a 15 minute video that shows you how to relax instantly keep a clear head no matter what's going on around you and clear stress from your body and the invitation is, before you start the video, measure your stress levels on a scale of 1 to 100, with 100 being, kill me now, and 0 being, I'm good. 
and uh, and then do the exercises in the video with me and measure your stress levels again. And when you find out just how well this works, share the tools. Everybody needs to know this. I feel like this evening, because evening my time now, I'm going to try it. And when I record the podcast, I normally do a little talk before or afterwards. I will uh, share with the listeners how I found it, how the numbers were. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah, give it a go, you know. So I have some questions I ask everyone that would be great if we can quickly try and sure. go through. So my first one, you know, obviously you are Joy. I am Joy. Not just in name, I feel like you really embody. No, I chose Joy as a reminder of what I decided to embody because, well, frankly, Hannah, I need a lot of reminding sometimes and it works really, really well. Every time somebody says, oh, yeah, you are Joy. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Yeah. Joy is one of my buzzwords that I use a lot as well. So I really sort of thought about my values and what was important to me. And there are a couple that came up and Joy was one of them. And it was a new a new entrant uh, at the time because it's not really something that I'd thought about that much before. So my first question to you is what always boosts your mood or what brings you joy in your life? Trees. 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 Oh, yeah, they're my favorite beings on the whole entire planet. Um, but it's, it's probably not a very helpful uh, answer to your question. I was actually interviewed by Thrive and Authority magazine last year um, as an expert on Jeux de Vier, uh, the living a ravenous thirst for life. And uh, also on my website, Experience Joy, is that interview in which I give my top tips on living with joy uh, or living with a, in a joyful life. Um, there, there's the interview and there's also a, a five-minute video that uh, shows you how to experience joy uh, first thing in the morning and when stuff is hard and, and all of the things, all of the things. So go on over to my website and, and check it out. I know you want to experience joy. I think that's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, definitely something I try and think about and try and add in. Well, this will make it so much easier. I'd be very excited and interested to hear your thoughts on my tools that I shared. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my next question is, what makes life meaningful for you? Everything is meaningful. I just get to decide what meaning it has. You know, I mean, every, every single thing we think and do and say makes a difference, has meaning. And all we get to do is decide what kind of meaning, what kind of difference. And this is why my life is centered around making each life that I touch more joyful. And that includes mine. So joy makes my life meaningful. And I, okay, my favorite thing in all of the world is I, I love clearing uh, trauma and, and stress for people. And, and when I see their faces and when I see it fall away and, 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 I, and I see who they are uh, uh, without the pain and the trauma and I watch them move into the next stage of their life and, and just, oh, my God, it's the best thing in the whole world. And I guarantee immediate positive results with my work or it's free. So um, bringing people new life, new hope, transformation, and so that's that's what I well, it's my favorite thing and trees. <laughs> so one of the things that we talk about a lot on the podcast, um, as well as joy, uh, is about mental wellness. Mm -hmm. So my question is, it's two questions actually: is what does mental wellness mean to you, and how do you look after your own mental well-being? Oh, I like that. I like your questions. I'm a collector of questions. Those are quite marvelous. What is mental wellness? Mental wellness to me means, uh, especially with multiple brain injuries, you know, <laughs> uh, means being in alignment with a life that um, is uh, well. My my life is a is a, a process of continual evolution toward the next grandest version of myself. 
So I am always perfect in my imperfections. And I assess my mental wellness by how well aligned I am with what I hold to be sacred. Yeah, I've never thought about that. I, thank you. I just, I like, I like that question. What was the other question? How do I maintain it? Yeah, how you look after your mental well-being? By making really, really sure that I take fantastic care of myself. Um, I, you know, you can't run a car with no petrol in it, can you? You know, and like we've only got the one vehicle. If if everybody realised they have the one vehicle, like are you gonna you're gonna hoon around in it in your teenage years, but you've also got to you know it's got to last through the family years and the soccer mom years and the when you shouldn't be driving anymore. And so like knowing that you've only got that one vehicle, you're not going to put lousy petrol in it and never take it in for for a, a tune up. You're going to look after it. So I do everything that I need in order to make sure that. I give from the overflow because that is how I empower every single project, every single thing that I do and I am. I do not let myself get down, well, not often, I get myself, uh, you know, down to, to running on empty because I've learned that that's not helpful for me or anybody else. So, yeah. And if you want to empower every circumstance, every person in your life, then that's the, that's the knack. Fill yourself with what you want to give to the world and give from the overflow that is how I maintain my wellness I I love that I've never never heard that phrase before give from the overflow but it's something we've mentioned before about that need to look after yourself because if you are empty you can't be there for people in the way that you want to you can't give so I love that idea of filling yourself up first like you said and giving from the overflow doesn't it make some complete sense? I mean, we are trained to do the exact opposite because that's how population has kept disempowered and, and under the thumb. Because we're, we're trained to give to everybody else first except ourselves. And so, okay, what do you get when you squeeze an orange, Hannah? Juice. Yes, what sort of juice? Orange juice. Yes, do you ever get pineapple juice when you squeeze an orange? I mean, I've never had. <laughs> never. No, me neither. What, what about banana juice or pickle juice? No, no. Why? Because it's an orange. Yes, and it can only give you what it's got inside of it. Mm. Now, when you are put in a situation and squeezed just like the orange, you will only be able to give what you have inside of you. And if you have spent your whole life giving to everybody else except yourself, then chances are when you're in that situation and squeezed, what's going to come out might be a bit dry and even bitter. Uh, do you know, I love your uh, phrases and your uh, analogies that you use. I think they're fantastic. Juice up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's been a while in the making. But I'm, I'm sharing what works for me and uh, and really anybody because it's common sense, which isn't very common, is it? No, no, it's not. So my next question for you is, can you describe your mindset? My, my mindset what now? Or your approach to life, your outlook. Yeah, a continual evolution toward the next grandest version of myself. I am always uh, finding ways to improve. Um, often it looks like, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't realize that I was doing that. Okay, okay. I will not waste time kicking myself. I will simply go, right, well, let's do this now because when we know better, we do better. So, yeah, my whole um, – I, I have learned the, the secret to, to fast-tracking enlightenment. Would you like to know? Yes, I'd love to know. Shorten the periods of forgetfulness. Mm. Often when we fall into um, uh, we fall into self-flagellation, which is just a big wank, it, it, it only just keeps yourself stuck. It doesn't do anything. Oh, my God. Okay. You can shorten the periods of forgetfulness by eliminating that piece from your life. 
and using the trigger of to, okay, all right, now I know better. I thank you. I'm back on track. And, uh, and understanding that it is the behavior, not the self that, uh, is, is being adjusted now. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it sounds so simple, but. <laughs> all the best things are might if it's complicated man has probably got in there and started twiddling all of my all of my best um sayings and things that i live by it can all be said in 10 words or less most of them in five words or less mm-hmm. i think i just waffle a lot <laughs> but so my last or my penultimate question one of the things and i'm sure people listening to this have already got lots and lots of ideas from this of things that they can they can do to start trying to move to their next grand grand um yeah next level if you like next grandest version of themselves yep yep i ask guests to leave people with between one and three strategies that they can put in place in their life that are going to have a massive impact so do you have one to three things that people can do i i have i have a gazillion things and they are all on a lot of them are on experiencejoy.com and including those three strategies that will help you to be able to relax and certainly keep a clear head and clear stress from your body yeah i i have so many i've learned that nothing that happens to me matters as much as how i choose to feel about what happens um because it is this choice that matters because it is this choice that determines what happens next i've learned that when I decide that life is happening for me, not to me, it does. It works out exactly that way. So the next time you're, you're saying, why is this happening to me? Say, why is this happening for me? And then really look and see if you can see why this is happening for you. And what's the third one? Be kind to yourself first and then to others. And to remember that the very best gift that you can give every single person who loves you and who you care about is a happy you. So give yourself what you need. Give from the overflow. Remember that life is not guaranteed. You 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 know, you might have somebody in your life that's dying. Well, guess what? You might walk outside and be run over by a stampeding camel herd and go before they do. There are no guarantees. So live with that awareness and think about, okay, if I did die today, what would I take to God as a sum total? Or if you don't believe in God, that's fine. If I died today, how would I feel about how I've lived my life? Thank you for those. I think they're so powerful and so... Simple. Simple, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Still hard to do. I know. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Joy. I've really loved speaking to you. I'm definitely going to check out your website after I've had dinner. <laughs> Experiencejoy.com. Let me know what your stress levels are before and after, Hannah. I'm looking forward to having you over there. And so the, the last thing, so how can people connect with you? So obviously your website, are you on social media or is it really just? I am on social media. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm a Facebook person learning about Instagram. I am uh, Joy White Peacock Woman. Yeah, if you want to work with me and uh, most of my clients have never met me. I work with people all over the world. And as I said, I guarantee immediate positive results or the work is free. And I invite you to bring me a wish list uh, of wishes for your health and happiness. Have a look at my private sessions page to get an or the video testimonials to get an idea of what kinds of, of work that I do. But yeah, I'm able to see things and do things that many people can't because of well, <laughs> my strange and peculiar cartoon like life. Come on over and have a, a free 15 minute wish granting uh, discovery session. 
amazing and we can definitely link to your website in the show notes yay yeah thank you so so much i've loved speaking to you i feel joyful just you know from <laughs> yay um and, and i know obviously you've got an, another podcast to get to but thank you so much your you know your outlook on life your approach and i just think you're amazing so thank you so much thank you and thank you so much for doing this hannah good on you i hope perhaps monday one day you might have me back i have lots of tools and skills to share absolutely So as promised, I'm checking back in, having done the three-minute stress reduction video that Joy has on her website, and I have definitely felt a reduction in my stress levels. So I was about 50 before. I would say maybe I'm down to 25, 30. So I'm still conscious that I've got quite a lot of things to get done, but I do feel much more grounded and peaceful. So that's good. And I think there are definitely some takeaways that I can use. And I think one of the things I, I find quite difficult and I and I did struggle with a little bit is the quieting my mind and, and visualization type things because I tend to have a racing mind and, and all of that. But there was, I won't give it away, check out the video for yourself, but there was something which is kind of a physical hack, if you like, that helps to relieve stress, which is definitely something I think should be easy for me to put in and um, to use if I'm starting to feel stressed. So definitely some very useful takeaways. So absolutely check out experiencejoy.com to see that video. And there's also links to Joy's eBooks and everything on there. So um, yeah, check that out. And hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode with Joy. Just a quick announcement that we have a bonus episode coming to you on Friday. So back episode 14 we did a strategy roundup of the first season and we're going to do two I think for the second season because this is going to be a longer season so we've had 15 episodes with this one so Friday is just going to be a strategy roundup of the first 15 episodes giving you those top tips in your toolbox from our guests so if you're needing just a little boost of some ideas to try because sometimes we hear them and and then we forget about them So that episode coming out on Friday is just going to give you those top tips from the first 15 episodes of the season. After the next 15 episodes, we will do another one. And we also have two episodes coming out next week. So we have a special bonus episode on Monday as well. And you'll hear more about that when that comes out, as well as our usual Wednesday episode. We have a lot of episodes in the pipeline, which we know you're really going to enjoy when they come out. Look forward to Friday's bonus and Monday's bonus episodes. And I'll speak to you in a couple of days. Stay home, stay safe. And uh, yeah, try and find little moments of joy in your day because they're there. We just need to attune our mind to look for them and hopefully this episode has really inspired you to do just that.